Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions and provides unbiased answers. Invest Talk, over 31 million downloads and counting. I wanted to get your opinion on ticker symbol. I just really like it as a long term play. Uh, appreciate the show, appreciate all the knowledge. Thanks, guys. Your participation makes it unique. 888 99Chart. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, September 10th, 2021. It happens to be my wife's birthday today. She hates to be reminded of her birthday, but it is her birthday. Uh, time seems to be racing pretty fast, as I've said almost every other day. I mean, I can't believe how fast time goes by. Every day, every week. When you get older, does it seem like it goes by faster, or is it just me? Maybe it's just me. I don't know. But we're here we are in September, and three bad days in a row for the market. Three down days, at least. Nothing terrible, but just consistently down. So, wonder what's going on there. I've kind of hinted at that we might have some weakness uh, but, yeah, I, I still don't think it's not enough to be called weakness yet. I really don't. But it bothers me. We're moving. This will be the last month of this quarter. Then we'll be in the fourth quarter of the year. So, well, another year has gone by. In the meantime, we can't let yourself be, uh, you can't be distracted. You can't not pay attention to your portfolio. you got to stay with it. It always is the same. Mind you, you don't have to be active. You don't have to be trading all the time. Hopefully, you're not. You know, that that kind of leads to poor performance, a lot of trading. It does. It's the patient person that wins. And I do think that's why women usually are better investors than men. I hate to say that, but it's true. It is true. I don't really hate to say it, but it's just true. I think it's true. So in today's program, I always state the same mission statement that we have, independent thinking, shared success. And I always tell you that um, our explanations, our market analysis, our economic numbers will be as accurate as possible and as forthright as possible so that we all can go forward with the same information. And if I come, if I say something wrong, I'm hoping you're going to correct me. Okay, Because occasionally I do get that. I'm not perfect. I, I, I'm... I'm Especially if you ask me about things that are not related to investments. You know, it's not my, my bailiwick. I'm Steve Peasley, and I encourage you to give me a call. You will drive the show in the direction you want it with your questions. So call me. We're live right now. We're live every day, Monday through Friday, 4 to 5 Pacific time. And so I'm live. If I'm not live, Justin's live. One of us is going to be doing the show live. So give me a call. Ready to get, take your answers right now. Our number is the same. Whether you call after hours and leave a message or when we're live, 888-99-CHART. So let's get right to the first listener line question. Hi, guys. Big fan of the show. I'm 35 years old. I just wanted to see if it makes sense for me to hold a stock like AT&T that pays a good dividend but is a slow growth stock or if it would make more sense to be going after growth stocks instead of dividends. Thank you. Well, generally, when you're young, you want growth versus dividends. 
But my my philosophy is you probably should have a core group of stocks that you're never going to let go, and they would generally that core generally defines itself as dividend paying stocks. So it just reinvest the dividend. That's all you you know, just do it over time. That's how Warren Buffett owns Coca Cola, and he gets more in dividend every year than he paid for the original stocks that he bought. So you know you, dividends are very powerful. They're part of the return. But if you're 35 years old or you're young, you want growth as opposed to income. Okay, so that doesn't mean you don't own any dividend stocks, I said, as I said, but you would focus your portfolio more on growth. That would make more sense. Okay. My focus point today concerns a story, hedge funds slash China exposure and ongoing regulatory, regulatory crackdown. So we're going to talk about that today. It's a pretty uh, high-profile situation, what's going on in China. So I think that's uh, something we, we we really need to touch touch on. PPI came out today, producer price index, uh, indication of inflation. I'll go over the numbers. Uh, uh, how about uh, uh, people, how about the least expensive Towns in America. Least expensive. What do you think they might be? Hmm. Okay, four million people quit last month, quit their jobs. And that's the fourth month in a row. And that's a record. What's that about? Four million people quit their jobs last month. Remember, I talked about the quit rate? That's what I'm talking about people quitting their jobs. And this is like four months in a row, people quitting jobs. And remember, also earlier in the week, I told you that we had a record number of job openings. And that was like four or five months in a row, too. Seems at odds with itself, right? At the same time, unemployment claims fell to near pre-COVID levels. <laughs> we have an unusual job market situation. So maybe we can explore that a little bit more today, too. The market down today, Dow down 272 points, NASDAQ down 133, and the SP down 35. And as I said, that's three days in a row that the market's been down. Is that an indication of something? Well, it could be. It could be. September is not the best month for the market. The six best months are the last three months of the year and the first three months of the year. The worst six months is the middle part of the year. At least that's historically that's been the case. Okay, we are headed into a short break, but we are headed into a weekend, and you'll probably have a few financial investment questions before that happens. So I'm here ready to speak with you on anything financial, and we're live. 888-99-CHART. Summer's moving fast, and you can't afford to lose focus. So have your finance and investment questions ready and call Steve Peasley now. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Love to talk to you. Get, ask any questions financial. 
I would appreciate. And as it is Friday, I usually go down uh, the, some some basic numbers, economic numbers that I like to repeat. Uh, the two-year Treasury yield, 0.221%. Two years, so you get 0.22% a year for two years. And the 10-year, 1.35%. Uh, now, the two-year went up a little bit, and the 10-year went down a little bit. But the spread between those two is healthy. We're fine. Uh, why I mention that? Because if the two and the 10 years uh, spread between the yields, if they invert, that usually indicates a recession. But that's not happening. They're not even squeezing. So gold at 1721. It was 1829 a week ago. Lost 100 bucks or so. Silver today, 2389 an ounce was 2477 about a buck there too so you know we had uh, precious metals were down oil was selling at 6950 last week 6974 staying pretty much the same so and as you know california's gas price is always high $4.39 a gallon believe me i know because i fill up every couple of weeks uh, the average for the nation is three dollars and seventeen. The low is North Dakota, three dollars and seven cents. So those are some of the economic numbers this week. Um, we had the beige book report from the Federal Reserve. We'll talk about that if we could get to have, find some time. But let's go ahead and pivot to an Talk Voice Bank question that came in earlier. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. Hi, my name is Nate. I'm in uh, Northwest Ohio. Calling in, questioning a holding I have. Uh, it's called Otter Tail. O T T R is the ticker for it. Just kind of curious if that's something I should get into. I've already got 62 shares of it. Uh, I kind of just play around with this in my day trading account, um, but I'm thinking about it as a as a longer to mid range hold. Thanks for the pertinence. Okay, uh, Otter, Trail, Otter Tail Corporation out of uh, Fergus Falls, Minnesota, provides electric utility services and has interest in plastics and manufacturing businesses. Kind of odd, uh, you know, things not related, utility and plastics. Um, they made three do- they're going to make $3.61 this year. That's up 54 cents. That's really good, 54% from last year. And, but then it's going to fall back down next year to $3.09. So yield is dividend yield is two point seven percent, and that's usually why you buy a utility is because the dividend yields. They have moderate debt, um, okay return on equity. Uh, cash flow is pretty strong at four dollars and twenty nine cents. Management owns two percent. Mutual funds own thirty eight percent. So it's a three dollar nine cents stock, but it's trading a three dollar nine cents earning trading at fifty seven dollars and seventy three cents share. So is that inexpensive, too expensive? What is that? Well, I would suggest to you that that's probably a little bit on the high side for the utility-type company. But the growth rate in the last recent, most recent quarter was huge at 48%. I would want to know why, because that has never happened before. The quarter before that was only 11%, before that up 5 why is this what what happened to sales that made it spike and is that sustainable if it is sustainable then this stock is not uh not fairly priced it's underpriced okay so if that's sustainable find out why that growth is that way and can they keep it up 
are they projection, projecting to be able to keep that up? Okay, but that that would be my point. I, I think you know you you already have some. I don't think I buy more. No, you let it run. It's been doing very well. Just let it go. You know, the only thing you do at this stage is probably take profits, not invest more. Okay. My focus point today concerns the story of but the headline hedge fund slash China exposure amid ongoing regulatory crackdown. Uh, and that's according to uh, one high-profile hedge fund uh, uh, exposure to Chinese equities, and that's an index listed in the U.S. stock market. So what, what are we talking about here? Well, it appears, you know, and hedge funds are, quote-unquote, the smart money, okay? <laughs> you know, but not necessarily. But what we're seeing is a number of funds trading uh, off off risk of China exposure, off, not 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 taking more risk, but getting rid of risk, and that's driving, of course, the Chinese indexes down and the Chinese stocks down. So, um, why is that happening? Uh, well, th- there's other reasons, but China China is cracking down on you know corporations in one way or another. Uh, and remember, problem with China, you don't. Everybody thinks there's a free economic system there. Not if China decides it's not going to be free. I have had this happen repeatedly with Russia in the past, China in the past. They they decide to crack down on an industry. If they decide to shut down a company, they don't care if it's public or not. They will do it. You cannot rely on the rule of law in these countries. You cannot rely on it. I'm not saying don't invest there. I'm saying just invest it with your eyes wide open. So there's a lot of regulation going on in China now. They're usually been very loose about their regulation, uh, but maybe they're decided that they need to get tighter, and that's what they're doing. At the same time, we have political uh, fighting from the United between the United States and China. And that means there's going to be some pressure on Chinese stocks from that point of view. So I think you just got to be aware of this. That it could be an opportunity developing. If it keeps going down, it might get cheap enough where it attract me. But not so far, not so far. Not yet. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And for investors, the need to remain vigilant never ends. So, naturally, you'll have financial investment questions. You obviously do. So, give me a call. We're taking them all calls live right now, 888-99-CHART. Now is a good time to call Invest Talk. A warrant is a right to buy shares of stocks at a certain price. Got a question for Steve or Justin? 888-99-CHART. Invest Talk is here to help. And when you download the free Invest Talk podcasts, don't forget to rate and review. The phone lines are open 888 99 Chart. Hi, Steve and Justin. How are you guys doing? This is uh, Matt from Connecticut. I've uh, been listening to you guys since about March and really appreciate all the guidance and, uh, and help with investing. I know you guys have mentioned briefly about insurance stocks. You see some value 
in the uh, near term and also long term. Wondering if you could kind of go a little deeper into that. What type of insurance? I'm looking at uh, Allstate and think it's a strong company. I want to get your uh, thoughts on that. Thank you very much. Okay, Allstate. I think everybody's heard of Allstate. Oh, oh that's great. Computer just went down. Oh. <laughs> oh, bear with me, everybody. I just love it when it does that to me. Okay, let's go here. What was that? Um, I kind of like insurance companies. Uh, they're very steady. Uh, I like the bigger companies, uh, and I've always liked them. Now, we talk about insurance. There's different kinds of insurance. Allstate is pretty much an auto company insurance. They, they do other things, too, but they're a big auto insurance company. Um, there's also property and casualty companies out there. Um, but people don't talk about those too much. But then there's the reinsurance companies. That in, these are companies that insure insurance companies. But Allstate offers personal property, casualty, life insurance, uh, uh, other investment products, mainly in the U.S. They make money, has made money forever. They're going to make $12.85 next year after making $15.95 this year. So everybody is kind of... Uh, stating that next year's earnings across many industries are going to be less than this year's earnings. It's a $131 stock going to have to be at 12, make $12.85. So that tells you it's fairly low priced. Okay. And sales growth has really been strong in recent quarters, but they'll probably, I'm talking about 20, 26%. But that's probably going to slow down a bit. But Allstate is pretty cheap. They're, well, a five-year PE range is six to sixteen, okay, and so at twelve dollars and eighty-five cents, that's what eleven. You know, a ten point something PE, so it's fairly reasonable. Return on equity is very good at seventeen percent. Cash flow is very strong at thirty-four dollars a share. Management owns two percent. Mutual funds are slowly buying it, and they don't have much debt. So the question is: Is is this a good price to buy it at? Is this the price you want to buy? It hit $140 back in May, and it can't seem to get above that. Right? It went, then it went to $139 here recently in August and bounced down. The support is about $125. Remember, it's at $131 now. So if it goes down to about $125, $126, maybe that's a buy point. Okay, but I do like the insurance industry in general at this point because there seems to be some good value over Okay. Now, um, PPI, producer price index, that's the cost of goods at the producer level. You know, uh, they, they buy raw materials until they have that cost, and they will pass that on to you, the consumer, eventually. But that's what we're talking about when we get the PPI, the producer price index. Has, that, has their cost gone up? Now, in July, which was uh, the month before the, most, the one we just got, it was up 1%. And the one we just got in August, it's up 7 tenths of 1%. For the last two months, it's been pretty high. Now, if you take out on this most recent report, if you take out certain items and just look at the core producer price index, that was 3 tenths of a percent higher versus in July, it was 9 tenths of a percent higher. So it might show a little lessening of inflation. 
from the producer price index side, uh, but still have inflation. Don't don't misunderstand me. It's just that some of the pressure might be coming off, and that's good. We want that because inflation is at an elevated level, as we've been talking about for some time. The Federal Reserve does not seem to be worried about inflation at all. So, and I don't want to discount their belief because, you know, they are the Federal Reserve. But they've also stated, like last year, they're going to let inflation run higher for a while. So, we, you and I have to deal with inflation. For every 1% inflation, let's say inflation goes up 4% this year. Your portfolio, if that goes up 4%, that means your buying power was zero. You didn't you didn't get ahead of anything. So if inflation's what, running at 55 6% right now, maybe 5.5, that means you're going to have a 5.5% return on your portfolio to break even. And don't get me started on money and money market. You can't make even a quarter percent. I mean, it's like, geez, nothing. So inflation... Could be easing, but I, I submit that that might be because the economy is easing for the summer months. I mean, economists are slashing their estimates. They were saying 6%. Now they're saying 3 three to 4% for the summer months. We'll know that after the end of the quarter, which will be first part of October for the summer quarter. But they're slashing their estimates so maybe that's why inflation is easing a bit. It's Friday, coming very soon. I will share highlights from the KPP Premium Newsletter I'm sending out. On this, Invest Talk, the story that looks at the investing lessons learned from the pandemic. Okay, keep in mind that the global crisis has been just one of many, cha- many cha- challenges for investors. It's Monday. Oh, that's going to be on Monday. But for now, I'm Steve Pisa. I'm going to take your questions live at 888-99-CHART. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the Internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, Stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. The stock market is volatile. 
It's constantly changing. So how are you positioned? Is your portfolio properly balanced or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief Riskalyze quiz. Hello, Noah from Hawaii. Uh, thinking about uh, utilizing a certified financial planner, a fiduciary, to manage my, um, my retirement funds. And I want to know the correct, proper questions to ask them to research that company or a particular company. Should I ask them about their annualized return for low, medium, and high-risk portfolios? Should I ask them about their ratings within the industry? And third, should I um, ask them about their fee structure based upon a dollar amount invested with their firm? I uh, appreciate your answer, and I listen, look forward to it. Take care, and aloha from Hawaii. All three of those areas are very good. Uh, when I, a CFP, Certified Financial Planner, is not a money manager. I just want to make sure you understand that. They don't manage money per se. They manage your financial plan. They produce a plan and say, okay, this is what you should do. You should buy this much insurance. You should do this with your your mortgages if you have more than one or your rental properties. Uh, and this is what your investment should be. Uh, so one of the key things I talk, I mention when you're dealing with a certified financial planner is talk to them on how they get paid because it always worries me when they sell mutual funds because a lot of them sell commission mutual funds, and I think that's wrong. It costs a lot of money. They make a lot of money on those things. Uh, also, they'd like to sell annuities, and annuities – are not one of my favorite investments. I don't like them because they're expensive. And again, commissioned items. So I like a certified financial planner that you pay by the hour and he comes up with a plan and then you pay him and say thank you and every year or two you come back to him and make sure you're running the plan that he produced. Not necessarily managing your money. But I know a lot of them do. because Ask how he gets paid. I think that's one of the... Most important questions you cannot can ask a certified financial planner, but also people like me, registered investment advisors. How do you get paid? Okay. And another thing I don't care for, uh, certified financial planners selling different kinds of products is that, you know, do they buy them? Do they buy the same products they sell or do they stay away from them? So I'd ask, okay, you, you're, you think I should buy an annuity? Do you own annuities? You know, uh, do you own the same annuity you're trying to sell me? Or are you own the same mutual funds you're trying to sell me? The exact same one? Same with the commissions and everything? I'd ask those kinds of things. Thanks for the call. Appreciate that. The KPP premium newsletter was finished today, and it will be distributed to subscribers in the market conditions section. I explain. I you know, there's four sections, right? Market conditions is the number one. Starts off with that. I talked about the Beige Book figures, which were published this week. The Beige Book is the Federal Reserve's analysis of the health of the economy and the various Federal Reserve districts across the United States. And it, the previous one said that we were robust. This one said that there was a clear slowdown in the summer months. And they said that slowdown was due primarily to the COVID variant, you know, that, that affected the restaurant business, the travel industry. Uh, they mentioned a shortage of workers was an issue as well. 
even though wages are rising along with material costs, there was one exception, and that was wood. Remember how expensive wood used to be? Well, that's come way down now. So the material costs of other things have gone up. There was unexpected unemployment claims fell this week. There wasn't many uh, economic data points released this week because we had a lot the week before, and this was a shortened holiday week, and we had none issued on Monday and none on Tuesday, essentially. So there just wasn't a lot of stuff. But the unemployment claims came in at uh, 310000 from 340, and that's near the pre-COVID level. So that was good. I mentioned the 10.9 million job openings, uh, a record high. <laughs> so we have low unemployment claims, uh, but still 10.9 million jobs available. No, where's How come? And we have a quit rate where people are quitting their job, 4 million a month for the last four months. That's a record, too. It's an interesting, interesting situation. At the same time, the labor participation rate, that's not at record lows. Uh, you know, our record highs, that means we still have room for labor to keep working. So I, I'm thinking, are people staying home because they want to stay home? And they're not part of the... You know, since they're not getting unemployment claims, they're not being counted as unemployed. That's true. That's how that works. But they are not working. Is it because they don't want to? Because there's plenty of jobs. Hmm. So, anyways, I mentioned you should stay with the market. Don't. There's no place else to invest. And if we do have a correction, which I think we might, and I think it'd be good, uh, it would be a correction to buy. You know, so don't be in a rush. If you rebalance your portfolio and you have, because of that rebalance, you need to produce some cash, don't be in a rush to reinvest it yet. Just don't. Okay? The portfolio management section. I talked about, you know, as, I, as, as the name implies, I talked about managing a portfolio. And I, you need to define the type of stock investor you are. We had that call earlier, just today. You know, do you want to buy growth? Do you want to buy value? Are you a dividend investor? Are you a risk taker or are you adverse to risk? You know, you first have to find out who you are. If you can't figure that out, we can help you with that, okay? But you have to really decide because when your portfolio gets stressed because of what's going on with the market, you don't want to react emotionally. In other words, if your portfolio goes down 20% and you're a high risk taker, that should not bother you. It goes down 30%, it should not bother you. If it bothers you and you can't handle that and you start selling after it's gone down that much, you're doing the exact opposite thing you should be doing and you're letting emotions make your decisions. So what kind of investor are you? Can you emotionally handle it? That's in the portfolio Section. A couple of stock ideas. I talked about uh, a utility. I gave you a utility, one of the largest in the United States that I like, and a luxury retailer operating, uh, operating the $112 billion furniture home business industry. In that industry. So those are in there. Uh, Consumer Watch. Everyone understands that it's impossible to avoid death and taxes, but... There's also 
inflation. That is a tax. It acts like a tax on your wealth. Inflation does. So I talked about that a little bit and how that it does affect you personally. So don't think of, I mean, here we are in high inflation and paying nothing, getting nothing in our savings or CDs. Not, we're getting virtually nothing. 1% would be good, but inflation is running at 5 You're losing money. You're losing money because your buying power is, is going down. So that's what I mean why you're, there's no place else to go but the market. That's the only way you can keep up. It's very difficult to get any kind of returns. Uh, you can do, you can get, you can stay with it in certain bonds. You can stay with inflation at this point, but it's very difficult to be ahead of inflation. But the more you get in your yield and bonds, the higher risk you're taking. Do you really want to take high risk bond risk? I don't. I know. No. So there's a lot of valuable information in the KPP Premium Newsletter each week. It's easy for you to subscribe. You can do it directly through investtalk.com, investtalk.com. And after subscribing, you receive the full report each Saturday morning directly in your inbox. Okay? Now, 4 million people quit their jobs last month. 4 million? I mentioned it. 4 million a month for the last four months, and that's a record. Why are they doing that? Well, there's 10.9 million jobs opening. There's plenty of jobs. So these people are leaving, looking for better jobs, more salary, more time off, better working conditions for whatever. Because of that, that's inflationary, right? Think about it. You got all these people quit. Four million people quit. That means they're looking, four million people looking for a better job, more, more salary. And that happens, it's been happening for four months in a row. Salaries are going up. So that's inflationary. So it's not just the goods and services that prices are going up, but it's also the salaries. Now, in the 1980s, the mid-80s, I believe it was, not positive, it could be late 70s, there, it got into a, that, a cycle where wages would go up and prices would go up and wages would go up and prices would go up. So that's what I mentioned it before earlier this week. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, I'd be looking at that. Is that happening? Is Are we going to get into that cycle? Because it's a bad cycle to get into. I don't think we will. Why? Because we can export inflation by having um, our things made outside the country. We've been doing that for years and years and years, and that's why we've had such low inflation. Because for many years, we sent stuff to China. They're still a big producer, right? So they get paid very little. So that was... Taking you know no pressure on wage raises here in the United States, that's why you want to bring back that manufacturing because that will raise wages for our workers. And isn't that what we want? I think we do. We want higher wages because we want to keep our middle class vibrant. So we want to bring back some of those jobs. We really do. Anyways. So let's keep moving. Here comes another caller question from a 24 hours, seven days, uh, 74 hours, seven days a week voice bank line, 888-99-CHART. Hello, Steve and Justin. This is uh, Matt up in Mendocino County. I uh, really enjoy your show. Question about Texas Roadhouse. Um, I own um, some of their shares. It's done well for me over a, a seven-year period. 
and I'm just trying to decide whether to hang on to it or sell it. And it has done well during the pandemic and wanted your take on this stock, uh, Texas Roadhouse. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. So this is a restaurant, uh, operates franchises, uh, uh, 634 Texas Roadhouse full-service restaurants in 49 states and 10 foreign countries. Um, it's a $6.4 billion company, so it's pretty big. Uh, they made money in the COVID year, 2020, made 45 cents a share. Before that, the 2019 year, they made $2.46. So jumping to this year, they're going to make $3.67. So skipping that COVID year, their growth rate is still intact. Okay, next year it's going to go up another 13% to $4.16, and it's a $91 stock. So you're talking about a 25 PE or so, which is pretty expensive for a food company, for a restaurant company. But their sales growth, I mean, the most recent quarter was 89%. The quarter before that was 23. And before that, it was shrinking for four quarters in a row. So, you know, it's recovering and starting to pick up. And that that's very good. And that's probably why the stock has done pretty well. Uh, Mind you, it's expensive. They don't play a dividend. Owners, management owns 6% of the company. They don't have a lot of debt, which is also good. So the company's ran very well. The return on equity is a little weak. Not a little weak, a lot weak. It's only a return of 3%. I like it to be in the teens. And this is only 3%. That would be my the biggest problem, I think, that I would look at. And say, hmm, I don't like your return on equity. Um, the stock price is high compared to its fundamentals, but not unreasonably so. So I, I and if the sales growth continues, it, it will easily be worth the price. Okay. Appreciate that. Appreciate the call. Thank you. And that was symbol uh, TXRH, Texas Roadhouse, Inc. Okay, Texas Roadhouse, Inc. Okay, every I take a little time out every 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 show talk about KPP Financial. We operate with a philosophy of independent thinking, shared success. We're located in Irvine, California, between LA and San Diego in Orange County. Um, when our we follow our philosophy, we put our money where our mouth, where we call it parallel investing, meaning we buy the same thing for you as we do ourselves, so that our performance, my performance, and my portfolios matches the client's performance. Exactly. I mean, over time, it's exactly the same. New clients coming aboard, of course, you know, it takes us time to get you where we we are. But anybody who's been with me any length of time, my and your performance are the same. Okay, uh, if you like, we will take a look at your portfolio. We will have you take our risk questionnaire, risk lies, to figure out what type of risk you're comfortable with. And we take a look at your portfolio. We put it in the same software. Find out what risk your portfolio is taking and see if that matches your personal risk tolerance. It's a very good tool to use, and we'll discuss with you your risk tolerance and your risk scores. So I think that's something you might be interested in. It's all free. You don't pay for any of this. Um, And, you know, most registered investment advisors will look at your portfolio for free. We're not doing anything that other people are not doing. The thing that... The thing we do that's different is we don't pressure you to buy anything or come aboard and be our client. We don't. We don't. Unless you're interested. Okay? And we like helping people. We want to help people. 
Okay, let me ask you to tell you, I would like you to tell your friends and family members about our free Invest Talk downloads. You know, the podcast we do every day, Monday through Friday. So if you would do that, I appreciate that. Appreciate it. Anytime, our day or night, you can download. And our number is 888-99-CHART. issue here is that the prices just run away from the fundamentals. Got a question for Steve or Justin? You're the best person to ask it. 888-99-CHART. market is constantly changing and you've got to be ready to react. You'll have questions. Steve and Justin have answers. So listen live or download the free InvestTalk podcasts. The InvestTalk Anytime listener line never closes. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. We're going to talk to Robert in Pleasanton. Robert. Hey, good afternoon, Steve. Good afternoon, you too. I hope you have a good weekend. Yes, you too. Hey, I was just calling regarding a stock that I am potentially interested in purchasing. The symbol is UTHR, United Therapeutics Corporation. Yeah, this is a growth stock. Develops therapeutics to treat uh, cardiovascular and infectious diseases and cancer. It received, uh, well, that was from April. That's probably old. Uh, they're going to make $12.22 this year down from 14 last year, but next year it's going to go up to $16.35. It's a $210 stock, so that makes that PE pretty darn cheap, my book. Uh, problem is it's always had a low PE, 5 to 15 PE. It, it haven't been higher than 15 in the last five years, and I'm surprised at that, maybe because it's just starting to grow. Before that, it wasn't growing very fast, but earnings have been pretty... Uh, strong. Uh, let's see. Return on equity is 21%, which is very good. Good cash flow. Management owns 12%. It's a $9.4 billion company. Mutual funds are buying it. Uh, they spend a lot of money in R&D, which is good for a, you know, a therapeutic company, a drug company. 24%. That's pretty high. So that, that bodes well for future growth. So I kind of like it. It just might be a little on the pricey side. Um, let's see. It's having trouble getting above $215. It's been up to 213 and 216 in the last six months or eight months, but it, can't, it keeps falling after it gets there. I think you got to wait till it breaks above 217 Then you could buy it, or it pulls down to about 175 then you could buy it. Those are the two buy points in my mind, looking at a chart. Okay? Good luck with it. That looks pretty strong. really does. Doesn't pay a dividend, by the way. Okay? Does not. Okay. Um, the least expensive place, to, expensive town in the United States to buy a home. Now, they, they, they had some areas you wouldn't want to buy, so I try to weed those out. So I got five places here that look like possibilities. The only problem is, is 
Many of these least expensive places are in cold weather states. For instance, Park City, Park City, Illinois, the median price of a house is $14,700. Okay, but do you want to live in Park City, Illinois? It's awful cold. But Ranger, Texas looks more attractive. $37,900 is their median price for a house. Kind of like that part. Or even Shemokin, Shemokin Pennsylvania. 36,700. Now, Shemokin, Pennsylvania can be cold and it can be heavy snowfall. But Pennsylvania is a very pretty state. I kind of like that. Uh, River Rogue, Michigan, 36,300. Again, very cold in the winter. And uh, Glasgow Village, Missouri, $30,000. But so if you are a cold weather person, Midwest looks really attractive as far as buying a piece of property. You want an inexpensive piece of property? Now, also, prices are, don't don't rise like they do on the coasts. You know, it's west and east coast. Prices are pretty much more volatile. And just because these are the lowest price places doesn't mean there are places that you want to live. You know, you're going to check out, you know, crime statistics. You're going to check out you know, facilities, you know, like uh, entertainment and and maybe hospitals and doctors. I mean, you got to do all that other work. Because most of these probably don't have those amenities, and that's probably why they're cheap. Okay. Guess we're done for the day, huh? I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investile program. Justin Klein and I thank you for being with us. And we would appreciate you telling your friends and family about the, sh- the free broadcast that you can download anytime you want. To give you an idea of the scope, I think I mentioned that before. Uh, 50 states, uh, we're all in all 50 states and about 50, 60 countries around the world. Uh, you can get free downloads at iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And if you get it from iTunes, we would appreciate your rating our show. Rate the podcast. And it, we really would appreciate that. Independent thinking, share success. This is Invest Talk, and enjoy your weekend, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. They thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.